Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Agree to Disagree with Mike Brazuda and Bob Labriola. Welcome to another should-be award-winning edition of Agree to Disagree, the podcast with the motto, I'm right. He's wrong. Well, it's Ravens week in Steelers Nation, boys and girls, and that means a lot of things to a lot of people. But I can tell you this, you don't want to be caught wearing purple at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex this week because that's where the Steelers will be preparing for a game against their most hated rival. And that's right, I said it. I use the H word, and I'm comfortable using the H word because I've been an up-close observer to every game ever played in this rivalry. And to be honest, I always believe that the origin of the hatred between the Steelers and the Ravens goes all the way back to the fact that the Ravens actually are the Cleveland Browns just in different color uniforms. You know, the Browns were Art Modell's team starting in the mid-60s, And then Modell was the one who moved the Browns to Baltimore to become the Ravens for the 1996 season. And at that time, the Steelers hated the Browns more than any other team in the division, and vice versa. And so that hatred was probably loaded into the moving vans and got shipped to Baltimore with everything else. So upon doing a little bit of um, in the Wayback Machine, um, the very first play of the very first game, between the Steelers and the Ravens. <laughs> Vinny Testaverde had his pass pick sixth by Rod Woodson at Three Rivers Stadium, and it was on. Then there was the game the next year in Baltimore. Mikey, I know you remember this one. Uh, when the Steelers rushed for 214 yards, Cordell Stewart passed for 246 more and three touchdowns, and then he ran for two more touchdowns, including a 74-yarder during clock-killing time late in the fourth quarter that got him a kiss on the sideline from Bill Cowher. I think we were standing pretty much right in the same patch of grass at Old Memorial Stadium. And, Uncomfortably um, close to Bill Cowher kissing Cordell Stewart. <laughs> so then in 2002, this is another one we all remember. There was this, some stomping but no kissing. Uh, Baltimore's James Trapp intercepted a pass late in the second quarter. The Steelers would go on to win that game 31-18. to But on the Trapp play, he was flung out of bounds by Antoine Randall-L, then usually, as usual, Steelers-Ravens, pushing, shoving, skirmishes. And then Plexico Burris got involved, 
He was thrown to the ground, Trap ran over, jumped on him with both feet, ripped off his helmet, and stomped on his head. Then there was the game, I know you remember this one too, Joey Porter went out to the Ravens' buses after a game in Pittsburgh to fight Ray Lewis. Then Heinz Ward, this was a different game, blew up Ed Reed with a block that was legal at the time, and I remember James Harrison saying about it afterward, it ain't no fun when the rabbits got the gun. <laughs> then the Ravens ushered in the Ben Roethlisberger era when they injured Tommy Maddox in the second game of the 2004 season. Thank you for that, Ravens. And the Ravens likely changed the course of Mason Rudolph's career uh, with the Steelers when Earl Thomas's headshot concussed him in 2020 and brought in Duck Hodges from the sideline. Antonio Brown, remember him? He sent the Ravens home twice in a 2010 divisional round win in Pittsburgh when he converted a third and 19 with a 58-yard catch and run where he caught the ball by trapping it on the side of his helmet. And then he sent him home on Christmas Day in 20-16 with the play that is now known as the Immaculate Extension. That clinched the AFC North for the Steelers and eliminated the Ravens from the playoffs. Mike Tomlin has been involved in a bunch of these games, and he still believes that the sustained violence by both teams during the 2008 AFC Championship game in Pittsburgh proved to be the driving force behind the NFL's player safety initiative that began in earnest two years later. It was classic two trains, one track. And for good measure, thank you, Brian Billick, for helping the Steelers get into position to draft Roethlisberger in 2004 by going all out in that meaningless 2003 season finale. Then there was Haloti Nada breaking Roethlisberger's nose with an unpenalized shot to the head. And then the, the I know this one is one of your favorites, Mikey. Ben versus Terrell Suggs that resulted in one of the most important incomplete passes in franchise history. So Sunday, 1 p.m., Steelers-Ravens televised on CBS. And a shooter would say if he was there, do not get caught watching the paint dry. You know, that Suggs-Roethlisberger play you just referenced is one of my favorite plays of all time because I think uh, it really captures the spirit of the thing, Rich. Uh, no, it's Yeah, there's a lot of hate, but there's a lot of respect, too. Uh, they've been going at it a long time in kind of the same way. Uh, it seems like these organizations have mirrored each other since Baltimore reinvented itself in Baltimore, and uh, it's it's tough football. It's hard-nosed football. It's, you know, get out, be the stronger of the two trains or get off the track, that kind of thing. And, and this Mike Tomlin, uh, John Harbaugh rivalry, here's a little uh, stat, uh, statoid for you, Labs. Uh, this is going to be the 32nd time they go against each other, including playoff games. That is going to eclipse Curly Lambeau and Steve Owen for the second most head to head battles by a pair of head coaches in NFL history. Only Lambeau and George Hallis of your Chicago Bears, they met 49 times. Uh, by the time that uh, Tomlin and Harbaugh play the two regular season games this season, that'll be numbers 32 and 33. And who knows, maybe there'll be one more after that. Uh, it has been fun to be a part of, and I, I could really relate with Mike Tomlin. I don't know if he was just throwing roses to be the nice guy, you know, before the storm. But when he talked on Tuesday about this being great for the fans and the quality moments for football lovers this rivalry has provided, 
There's been a ton. You mentioned a lot of them, but there's a lot more, aren't there? Yes, there are. And, you know, it is, it's, you know, for football lovers, um, and, and uh, you know, I agree with that because Steelers-Ravens, um, it's always physical. It's It always seems to be closely contested. I mean, you can pick out a couple of blowouts, you know, here or there. Um, but, you know, th- these teams, uh, they show up uh, and they go at each other for the for 60 minutes and sometimes longer, whatever, you know, whatever it takes. And, um, you know, I'm expecting to see some more of that on Sunday at AccraSure Stadium. Okay, let's get on with it. Statement number one, I still don't trust the run defense. Baltimore is another huge test. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, you, you know, I think they did a really effective job against Atlanta in the first half last Sunday. But I think Atlanta just trying to run the ball six times and trying to throw it 17 times had a lot to do with that. We saw what happened in the second half labs. And uh, really that Steelers number seven defensive ranking against the run. We talked about this on the pregame show. Uh, We might have mentioned it on another program, uh, but it's sort of a a paper champions-esque kind of deal because the, the teams that are highly ranked in running this year Philadelphia, Buffalo, teams of that nature have run the ball effectively against the Steelers and the teams that aren't very good at running the football, uh, Tampa Bay and uh, New Orleans and even Indianapolis, despite the presence of Jonathan Taylor, the Colts aren't uh, very good statistically at running the football. The Steelers have kind of fattened up on the uh, rushing offenses that you're supposed to fatten up against, but against the uh, the Atlantas and the Buffaloes and the Clevelands of the world. It's been a different story. So here come the Ravens. I don't care who they have at running back. I don't care who they have at quarterback. They are going to try to run the football. And I, I think Labs, the Steelers are going to have to play their best run defense game of the season to win this one. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you've said um, and, and agree with the statement. You know, Atlanta – as good as they were running the ball, and we saw we got a good dose of that in the second half. Baltimore's better. What were they, I mean, they're, what were they doing Atlanta's in the first four, half? Uh, well, the other team has coaches too. I mean, that's <laughs> thank that, you. That's that's thank all you. I got. Um, I know Atlanta, what we'll do. They'll think we're going to run because we're really good at it, <laughs> and they have problems stopping it. So let's pass. Absolutely, you know, as as my wife said. Uh, Famously, after that second Seattle Super Bowl, why didn't they just give the ball to that guy they called Beast Mode? So anyway, um, but and, you know, Lane was fourth in the um, league in rushing. Baltimore is better; they are second. And you know, you look at the Ravens; they have five people, five people with at least a hundred yards rushing so far this season. So not only are they good at it. But, I mean, they can come at you in waves. And, you know, as you mentioned, um, it doesn't really matter if there's an injury or two because they can just substitute um, more 100-yard kind of, you know, rushers. They're all the same kind of running backs. Uh, And, you know, I just think that their offensive line, that's their mindset. You know, Greg Roman is the offensive coordinator. That's how he's built. Uh, That's what they do. And I don't know that, uh, you know, and it just seems to me that when you look back at this series, there's not a lot of, 
uh, interest in tricking anybody. I mean, the interest is, you know, stand in front of the other person and start trading punches. You want to get in the first one, and you probably want to get in the last one because that, that will determine who wins the game. But in between, um, you know, this is this is not a finesse series in the least. And so, yeah, uh, you mentioned the Steelers, you know, run defense. I just look at the team as a team that you can't depend on any uh, aspect of the, the team's performance to be consistently outstanding week after week after week. I mean, it can be, it has been, but you have to put in the work and put in the effort uh, game after game after game. You can't just, you know, roll out Casey Hampton and Aaron Smith, uh, you know, and, and figure that, you know, the run, you're going to be able to stop the run or nobody's going to be able to run on you. Okay, statement number two. The Steelers have a better chance to beat Baltimore on Sunday if Lamar Jackson starts at quarterback. I disagree, and uh, I am also curious as to where you're going with this because uh, as we disclose how this particular link of sausage was made, you came up with most of these topics this week. Good job by you, but what are you, you kidding me? Lamar Jackson's a former NFL MVP. Uh, there's a reason he's first string in Baltimore and the other guy is not. Is this a trick question, Bob? Uh, no, it's it's a question where uh, this version of Lamar Jackson has one good knee. And that's why I, I, I'm going to agree with the statement and obviously disagree with you um, because I think, I don't think that this is going to happen, but I would be in favor of John Harbaugh playing um, a Lamar Jackson who he admits is not 100%. Um, and maybe, you know, Lamar Jackson is a little tentative uh, with that knee. Maybe he, uh, the, the Bravens are a little bit overly protective of him with that knee. And so what the Steelers end up with is not the MVP version of Lamar Jackson that you just described and we have seen often, but uh, some lesser version that... Um, you know, they're playing slash protecting slash hoping he doesn't uh, get more injured uh, during the game. And I would rather have a Lamar Jackson who is not A, 100% healthy, and B, possibly not playing his brand of football than a backup. I'll tell you what, I, even at less than 100%, he – Whatever percent he is, I'd rather not take a chance on him in one of those close games you referenced. I don't know, running about 85 yards all over the field and ended up in the end zone to win it. I'll take the backup unless uh, I'll uh, get on board with your historical review of Steelers-Ravens here. I'll take the backup unless the backup's name is Ryan Mallett because, yeah, I was at that game too. <laughs> or Are you kidding me? I still can't believe they lost to Ryan Mallett. I, I was there, and I still what do you, can't believe it. Hey, and all due respect to our colleague, what do you think the Ravens think about losing to Charlie Batch that year? Yeah, you know, almost I lost mean, to Duck Hodges. Almost, almost. Okay, you statement know what they number call three. Almost losing. <laughs> right, winning. Okay, statement number three. They're not back in it yet, but they're not out of it either. I will agree. Uh, it's, it's funny. Uh, 
I, I don't know if you were surprised at Mike Tomlin's response when the playoff thing came up Tuesday. I thought he would just dismiss it. No, nah, we're not even thinking about it. We're just talking about the Ravens one week at a time, Some something cliched like that. He actually acknowledged the elephant in the room, said we acknowledge the elephant in the room, but under the context of we have to take care of our business each week. Uh, I don't think they're back in it yet, but I can see the path to getting back in it from here, if that makes any sense. And if you can beat Baltimore on Sunday at Akershire Stadium and nature of this rivalry, I don't think that's going to be easy. But given what we've seen from the Ravens this season, uh, they had, they're certainly capable of blowing double-digit leads and losing. Uh, we saw last year they're certainly capable of falling off the cliff like Wiley Coyote at the end of a season and uh, snatching uh, failure from uh, the precipice of success. But if you can beat Baltimore – now you're looking at a game at Carolina. You could all of a sudden be seven and seven, uh, not uh, very far down the road. And if you get to seven and seven, then there's no question you are in it. Got to get to 500 though, right? You're not going to make the playoffs at eight and nine. And nine and eight might be uh, problematic given the tiebreaker challenges that the Steelers' slow start uh, will come back and and present late in the campaign. So, uh, yeah, not in it yet, but stay tuned. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, and I let me um, say this. Uh, I think that Mike Tomlin answered the question the way you just described because of the kind of team that this is, which is a young, uh, relatively inexperienced team, um, still developing, you know, all those kinds of things. And I think that, you know, you kind of have to uh, sometimes prop them up a little bit for maybe lack of a better phrase and say, you know, um, you know, we're not out of it yet, but then you, you bring it right back home to the, to the most important message was we got to take, take care of business this week, uh, in order to be able to continue to say that. So, um, it made sense to me how he addressed that. I wasn't, I will agree with you though. I was a little bit surprised that he chose to, you know, reveal that, uh, into a live microphone. But uh, the yeah, fact I thought he would just swat the... it back to the questioner, like, okay, yeah, we're not even talking about this next, something like that. Yeah, but, and I'm also a little disappointed we didn't get the Mike Tomlin 2022 version of Jim Mora. <laughs> well, I mean, we the the I I don't know that we're ever going to get another um, never say never, but never. Uh, to me, that was that's what <laughs> yeah. that might be his signature press conference quote. Or the other one during the 2020 season was we do not care about yeah. losing the bye week when Tennessee, you know, when, the, when they were, when they were rescheduling games in the middle of the week, you know, weird times and days and, and all that stuff. But just to kind of I was just hoping this, for some sort of elongated, you know, how Mike Tomlin like he most days he would prefer to use a paragraph to say what you could say in a sentence. And, you know, well, playoffs, obviously we have games to play before. That, that train is moving down the track, but we are singularly focused on the task at hand. And, you know, just jam all those Tomlinisms into one long answer that leaves everybody just staggering. What did he just say? You know, I was hoping for well, that I don't think, a little, little stab I don't we think didn't get. Did. I, I, I think that, though, he did hit the quota of Tomlinisms on Tuesday, despite maybe letting you down in that particular instance. Oh, um, took they, a run out of work-wise. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, but just to bring this back to reality a little bit, you know, the Steelers are currently 12th in the AFC uh, with their five and seven record, you know, with, and that includes the tiebreakers, you know, they, they kind of um, compute that, you know, weekly. So the Steelers are 12th out of 16 teams and uh, seven teams qualify. So um, they're not out of it yet, but uh, they're not back in it yet either. That's, I think, uh, to quote a famous uh, former Steelers coach, that is an accurate statement. Okay, that's going to do it for this should-be award-winning uh, edition of Agree to Disagree, the podcast with the motto, I'm right. He's wrong. And uh, thanks for finding us. We'll talk to you all again next week. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.